Another frigid Monday. Another talk about that. It is cold out there, friends. It's very cold. But I mean, people, the weather whiners. Yeah. You know, Tim used to have a bit about that. You mean that. Southerners? I don't remember it being this cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's, it's called February. Okay. Yeah. Get a coat, you big baby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I went out and ran the other day. And uh, I had I put on I like can't run in it my cold gear no. my face mask and then I now had to put on an additional like our old life assembly jackets I put one of those on because when I get done running I've sweated and that cold wind hits because I walked the last couple miles yeah, home yeah. and stuff and it just it just cuts you you know so anyway I had to put a windbreaker over the cold gear over the mat like I was I was it was I looked like Randy up. from the Christmas story it bundled up a yeah. Christmas story. Randy, like my arms wouldn't go down. Oh, so remember that? <laughs> yeah. The extra layers. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get much. That's the thing was we didn't get much snow. You grew up in Middle Tennessee. I grew up in East Tennessee. We got a little more snow than you guys, but we had the one big snow. Eighty-seven mm. was the blizzard. We got a foot of snow in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm. and uh, which is how you say Knoxville. 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 Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got a foot of snow. I built a snow fort. Oh, wow. That day. Me and my brothers. I think we were, I don't know, 11, 12, whatever it was. Yeah. What it, made it a fort as opposed to just a, like a, a little half wall? You put like four little walls together? We had, it was like a, a circle. So we built, oh. we had, you remember those old, uh, I think we did it with those ice cream buckets, the gallon ice cream buckets? Yeah. You know, where you buy the, you oh, can yeah. get like the real ice cream that's like half gallon, you know, Mayfield. Uh-huh. It's like three or four dollars. Right. Or you can get. A complete gallon bucket of fudge marble vanilla ice cream right. for a dollar and a half. Yeah. And you go, I wonder why this isn't as good as the <laughs> Mayfield. <laughs> it's never as good. But anyway, so my mom would save, like every mom in the South, you save those buckets because you never know when you you're going to need those for potato salad or whatever. Right. A gallon of extra. Pour some grease out or yeah. whatever, yeah. So we had those buckets, and so we had two of those, and we were like, you pack snow into it, and then you got your ice block. And then you build a wall with those, and we built like a circular, like a little How door. How many buckets did you have? Well, we just had a couple, but it was me and my brother. We were just working overtime. Well, I mean, you had to wait for them to freeze. Uh, well, no, no, no. We didn't make ice. I'm saying we packed the snow until it's solid, and then you just stack it. Oh, okay. Like, not really ice, but yeah, you well, made basically. Like you, you waited for those, yeah. you waited for the bucket to freeze, <laughs> and you made like an igloo out it's of it. It's a process, John. I don't know if you've ever built an igloo, but it's. <laughs> so it was a week-long blizzard in Knoxville. I'm not an architect. No, no, you don't say. The house isn't still standing, so for whatever that's worth, I don't want to pretend to be some kind of a snow architect here. Oh, that's great. I we've gotten some feedback from last week's podcast. I don't know if you got any. I have heard much. It's so interesting. Like we talk about all this deep stuff. <laughs> yeah, people freak out. About Nobody cares. Dogs. You know, we talk about Trump. Nobody really cares. I expected to lose all these listeners. Nobody really cares. <laughs> you talk about hot dogs. People lose their ever-loving minds. Specifically, you talk about trying to manipulate your wife into stealing hot dogs. <laughs> I think let's be let's be very very specific. You have to go back and listen to the episode if you haven't. Uh, I got a lot of people in my group, in my community group, who were chiming in on what the right thing or wrong thing to do was. Well, yeah, most people were like, just go to the manager; they'll give you the hot right. dogs. I was like, he's too prideful, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to be done about Johnny's pride. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I had a friend reach out who's a listener of the show, friend, and he uh, he was on my side. 
He really he said, "Oh, well, there's a shocker." 100 get it. Can you only have yes men as friends. And you he, actually, he reached out to Curry and said, "You should have supported." <laughs> this is what you do for your. Was husband. this another comedian? No. Okay. No. This is what you do. Was for this your person husband. in prison, or was it? <laughs> <laughs> they were writing the letter from jail. <laughs> <laughs> they get the podcast in jail. Uh, I wonder if there are any people in jail. I'm sure they have. Uh, like phones. I certainly hope there are. It would be amazing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Because, like, I know um, when I did a, a thing in South Dakota a year ago, they we went into the prison to speak to some of the inmates. Yeah. And then the, the men's conference the next day that I was there to do, he goes, well, they're going to be putting this on all the the televisions in the cells. So they'll be live streaming it. And it was like, it blew my mind that there were, like, what I would think of jail, I think of like maybe a common room Mm -hmm. where there's one TV. Mm -hmm. That's just like what you see in the movies. But evidently, jails have TVs, which I don't know. That's a whole thing. Like, what do you, whether you think that's like. I don't know this. I, I do know this. And again, I don't mean to be stereotypical, but I know that if you walk up to a group of teenagers right now. Yeah. Of which, you know, say my daughter's there. And you handed them all a smartphone, they won't get into any trouble for the next two hours except for what they can do online. But they're not going to go break any windows or anything. Yeah. I wonder if you just walk in and just, hey, guys, and just get everybody addicted to looking down at their cell phone and playing Candy Crush. There'd be no crime. I was just saying, like, what's the, you know. We've rehabilitated people through an iPad. Dude, you could have people in rival gangs, you know, friending one another and, you know, tagging each other. Playing words with gangs. (laughs) Words with Crips. Ah, I should, we should have been words with Crips. Dang it. Oh, my God. I hate when you think of a funnier idea for a punchline the second time because it, you know, yeah. it's not, the surprise is gone, so it's never as good. Dang yeah. it. Anyway. You try to recreate it like George you Costanza. Can't. Yeah, you try to yeah. jerk store. You try to get him to say the shrimp line again, and they never do. Every It's amazing how many Seinfeld references a day happened. I have one particular friend, Brian Bates, who's a comedian. It seems like every single conversation with him there's a Seinfeld a strong Seinfeld reference that happens like yeah. something it's just everything in life can be tied to it I feel that way about the office you know people have mixed emotions you know but <clears throat> I, about the office yeah we it's talk a pretty about, beloved show it is but you know people feel like it crossed lines because of the satire and all those things but uh, Michael Michael Scott being an idiot saying offensive all things. All right, yeah. <clears throat> a, you know, but he still said offensive things. Right, you know? and he was not you know, a hero of the show necessarily, especially when he's saying the event. He's a doofus right, he's, saying dumb he's things. He's what you're not, you know. So not supposed to be saying and doing, but um, we, yeah, it, it comes up so often. We talked about some of that on the last show that we did, and then we ended up editing it out uh, because just for time. But... It happened to my buddy Ed last week. So he posted a uh, tweet because we've been talking about the whole thing. Like, is the is big tech like that's become a big boogeyman now? Big tech is big tech censoring people, and should they have this much power? Is it a monopoly? Is it wrong? Is it true censorship? Is it a First Amendment issue? Is it not? And you know, uh, I think we can have reasonable arguments about it. But uh, I usually fall on the side of like, look, they're a private company, whatever. And if we really believe in capitalism and we're going to, like, protect capitalism at all costs, then you can't get mad at a company for saying, like, we're kicking you off our free platform. Right. But it is interesting to see, like, some of the ways that technology is influencing some of the things that are being, quote, unquote, protected uh, or shut down. So Ed tweets, my buddy Ed Wiley, who's a very funny comedian out of South Georgia, 
he tweets out in response to somebody, and I remember reading it and just skimming it. He screenshot it because it was immediately like flagged. And it said, uh, well, it won't matter. Once we get 5G, we'll all have the vaccine anyway. It was just like a very funny, like flippant thing to say. Right. He's making fun of conspiracy people right. by saying it in a very like affirmative way. That's satire. Right. Except for he got a notice. Click here to remove this tweet or your account's going to be. Because it was no doubt an algorithm. It's an algorithm. Yeah. yeah. It's a robot that just looks for keywords. Yeah. And not just keywords, because I'd say you could talk about 5G and vaccine as long as you don't say it in an affirmative way the way he did. So this algorithm has no uh, flair for sarcasm. They don't, you know, you, and maybe we'll be able to teach AI to have a sense, to of, have humor. A sense of humor yeah. down the road right, right after they launch missiles at us. <laughs> but I find that pretty fascinating as an argument. Like, yeah, that is weird because we're supposed to be smart enough to know what's because we've had that conversation too about what is satire and is it dying because we're now not even smart enough to recognize right. the difference and now we've trained so so we we get mad at a computer well the computer doesn't even know but do we even know like there are probably people who would like i we talked last week and i used the colbert report as an example of somebody who was doing a, a satire a satirical approach to an ultra right wing talk show, but there were people out there who probably, and they could actually confirm. I'm reading an article about this. There were people who just, it went completely over their heads and they thought Stephen Colbert was a right wing show. Yeah. So they didn't, they just didn't get the joke. So I, I find that a fascinating conversation, even if it's like, no matter where you fall on it politically or whether you think big tech is a boogeyman for real, like the idea that like there's a computer out there looking for keywords and, they're going to like, like he had to, he lost his account for 12 hours. Wow. Uh, even after he a, deleted the a tweet. Fate worse than death. That's right. Yeah. How do you live? You know, and I think, I think for me, it always comes back to, I blame us for things like that. Meaning like, I blame us that someone had to make an algorithm because people are so yeah. um, unable to detect satire that there was a chance you had to remove this because somebody out there will take nowadays not just believe this they will take some sort of possibly terrorism related action yeah related to well, it well that's what they think that the whole uh, bombing in Nashville was about was like that somebody said I don't the know fire. if they officially concluded that or not but no I've I don't heard. know but that's that's what you know that's the prevailing thing is like the other posts that he had made were that he was like he's one of those guys that believed in lizard people and 5G was Whatever, and then it's like that's the the reason it was targeted was that he believed five G was the devil, and so he targeted the AT and T building or whatever. Didn't we talk about this? Someone said that there was another rumor that there was a bunch of ballots in that building. Oh right, that, yeah. to the Dominion uh, Dominion uh, machines were like, stored I, there or something. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the ballots have been Trump won Tennessee by like I don't know yeah eighty five percent or yeah, something. What ballots would have been in like, there? Why would they have been there? I heard it was for what about- reason would be blowing them up? No one's yeah anyway. But again, I think though that that's the issue for me is like I'm not calling everybody dumb. I'm I'm equally dumb. Okay, I, I just I just think like we have lost something when we need to be regulated into the whole free speech thing. I just I think it's worth saying like free speech constitutionally, Johnny, and we've said this probably before. But it, it's it's mainly a guarantee of 
the government to not intrude upon free speech, and it is not a guarantee of a freedom from consequences. It's just saying no one's going to prohibit, no one's going to muzzle you from saying it. But you can be held accountable. That's why there's libel and slander and other laws. You can be held accountable for those things. Certainly, it's not what private companies do. Um, and I do think, by the way, that the president or a senator or others have, by their oath, a different level of accountability for the information that they spread. We have impeached presidents for lying, like Clinton. Yeah. Like, if you can't prove or this can't be backed up, if it goes to court and it is found to be something different than what it is you're saying, then you – it's not like me saying that. There would be very little consequence. Mm-hmm. But it literally is causing uh, not just upheaval but like attempted coups and the trying to take all the Congress hostage – like literally trying to take Congress hostage and hang the vice president. Like these are not – these things actually happened. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe there's news stories out there saying that there didn't actually happen like the moon landing and the Holocaust. Right. We fa- yeah, everything was faked. But it's like this – it's just at some point in time you got to have some realization of what it is and say – It's crazy the people that want to move on from that so quickly too. That's really, that's really interesting to me and a, a terrible miscalculation if we're just like, well, look – Politics gets heated it's sometimes. Time to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now like, we want to heal. Yeah. yeah, it's like, man, I just think you got to hold, you got to have accountability built in so this never happens again. You got to say to the people that were there and did this and broke windows and and stormed in and killed police officers. This was not tourism. This was not them just like out on a field trip. Yeah. This got and and there were people who walked away. There were people who were there just to see the spectacle of it and then walked away. And we're not a part of the – and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people who got in their RV and went down because they believed the big lie that the election was rigged or whatever. And they were a part of the demonstration, but then they did not get involved in the violence. I'm not yeah. talking about those people. But if you were involved in capital violence on, on Capitol Hill and you were in the building, that is a federal offense. Numerous federal offenses. Anybody were, else would be put in jail for that. Right. So Anybody this else. This idea that we shouldn't hold those people accountable because they were just – it got crazy in there and that's what happens sometimes. It's like, no, no. We can't Any, move on. If we move on, we're not – that's not how – No. That's not how it works. It's not You're how, saying let's just do it again. You know, right. you're saying anytime you get mad, you can pitch a fit and we're just going to like wash our – you know, what, you know yeah. we're going to be okay with it. I don't get it. So, <clears> yeah. Some people calling for law and order and death penalty – Right. Are calling for us to overlook like literally federal offenses yeah. against federal officials duly elected by the population. Many of them with no dispute about their election, like actual elected people. Yeah. They're coming against their own people that they voted for in some ways because they were just told that the vice president was a coward all of a sudden. So the guy they voted for, they're willing to go lynch yeah. on the lawn. And you just. I think again, these words are important. Yeah, and we're not, there is no dredging this back up. Like this isn't going away. This is, is it like dredging. A, it's dredging. Is it? It's dredging. I don't know. Dredging. I don't know. <sighs> the, the, I'm just saying, like dredge. Is it know. dredge? There's no way to know. But this, like, there's no, there's no, like, oh, this again, again. It's like, guys. This, yeah. <laughs> it's like Watergate. Well, everybody wants there, people to move. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the offenses committed away. were way worse than like, yes. you look at the offenses were way worse than whatever whatever Watergate, which was like, you had a bipartisan 
closest uh, thing you can find in history is Bacon's Rebellion, like back during colonies when Washington oh, went and Bacon's you, Rebellion. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> I want to de- be a part of this. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I knew the pigs would fight back eventually. Yeah, come on. You just can't you just can't keep a good you pig can. down. You it's a raise your hooves and fight with me. <laughs> I <laughs> Then the doves got involved. It was an attempted coup. Anyway, guys, is this Is it it's they not. were telling me last night that they, people are talking back to us a lot on the podcast and then they realize that they can't. Oh. Well, I wish we had a feature like that. We do it, well, we talked about doing a live show. Well, with we haven't done a live show in a long time. We should do a live show with actual like calling people who like we know listen to the show a lot. Yeah, and they could just vent. We're gonna need a better producer for that because yeah. you're the producer, right? <laughs> you start putting those kinds of things together. Like we're pulling off a decent, a decent production as it is right now, it's but totally it's being held together right now with rubber bands and just, duct tape. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, no, I just I don't know, man. I think it's a I think it's a it is about the state. There is a state of mind and a state of being that I'm having this conversation with people a lot. I, I told you that in a pan, pandemic, I don't know how I'm, I'm talking to so many people, but I, I'm having a lot of conversations like the uncomfortability as this relates to Christianity, the church, to traditional conservatism. You know, I was trying to explain to somebody yesterday, like everyone doesn't get this. Like y'all realize if you considered yourself a Republican at one point in time that and if say you liked George W. Bush. Yeah. Like in the new conservatism, this far right extreme thinking, like George W. Bush is considered not a part of the club. Right. He's not he's a, a Republican. He's a traitor. He's a, he's now. a rhino, a yeah. traitor. We never should like everything like I I really believe that um I mean Ronald Reagan would put people in jail for this kind of stuff. Like for this whole, this is not Reagan's republicanism, conservatism. Like Reagan would lose his mind over this. Uh, he would react strongly. And I, th- th- I don't think those are outside of the, the realm that people need to realize this is subtly, I don't know, it doesn't seem very subtle, but I feel like I talked to a lot of people that are like, nah, what's the big deal? I like the policies. <laughs> and you're like, which ones? Like, first of all, which ones? Give me anything besides abortion. You know, like, let's talk about anything. Can you actually name what even with abortion was done uh, under modern republicanism in the last four to, to six years that actually advanced the cause? And can you can you articulate right. what those things are? That's not – but people feel like you're insulting them if you say that. Oh, you, he's like, I'm trying to make you feel stupid. It's like, no, no, like that's really important that you understand – if you say you believe a policy or you support this, not just a position or not just somebody's you know, stump speech about something, like what did the people that you're electing actually do or not do? You know, what were the policies that you support or don't support? Um, that's, just, that's just civics. Yeah. Know? It's just civic responsibility. But I just think that there's like this, this – now it's just a it, – we use the word – it's like more important to know which tribe you are a part of than it is to know really what that tribe truly is doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's just my take. Well, on and it. calling out your own tribe is dangerous and it always has been, I guess, but it just feels like to hold a mirror up to your own uh, belief system or a, at least one that, you were, that you've crafted uh, and were crafted in, it just... Yeah, 
it takes a lot of I think it takes a lot of courage to do it because it's so much easier to just go along and be like, well, even if it's bad, it would have been so much worse if we hadn't been in power or whatever, you know, whatever you convince yourself. Yeah. Uh, instead of being like, oh, man, there were a lot of we there was a lot of missteps on our end, whether it be deconstructionism of like church stuff, you know, things are going up, you know, uh, which we've talked about on the show, too. It's like we spent a long time growing up being warned about the dangers of moral relativism mm-hmm. and the decay of absolute truth. And it seems like we've spent the last five years plus being told that, like, um, it's okay because we didn't elect a Sunday school teacher. Right. And as far as absolute truth, it's like, well, where are you getting? What's your source? And they've been feeding themselves on a steady diet of, of whatever right-wing publication backs up their bias so they've kind of insulated themselves into a pocket of, and it happens on the left wing too. You, if you watch nothing but MSNBC and you just, you know I'm saying? It's just outrage from both sides. Yeah. Of the, the fringes of both sides is just to keep you outraged so that you, you know, you never get anything done and you have no uh, empathy for the other side. They become like a, just a series of beliefs that you can chip away at yeah. instead of a person. So. It happens both sides, but obviously I'm speaking more to like my upbringing and my own uh, wrestling with my own stuff. And yeah, so it's like when you've been told your whole life that like this is where it'll start, they'll tell you that morals don't matter and it's all relative. And then they'll then they'll tell you that absolute truth doesn't even exist. You can't even arrive at absolute truth. And it's like we're watching brothers and sisters in our church defend complete atrocities yeah and so that's where i'm like all right i gotta i'm out i can't i can't uh it's one of those things you have to let them fight amongst themselves you know it's like when you when you start thinking about millions and millions of people that believe a very passionate wrongly held belief it's hard to be free to be like well let me just get in the fray and like mix it up with them and prove them wrong i'm more likely now to just be like i can't i just can't deal anymore I don't, you and I were talking about this off the air. I don't, where I'm struggling to know is, I don't know if I can let people just fight amongst themselves from a, and this has nothing to do with me being a vocational pastor. I just, you know, Andrew and I talk about this. I feel like you reach a point, and maybe we should have reached this point far sooner and we could do, you know, more good. But you reach a point where you say, this is a big question for me right now. The question is, if people, if I can see what I believe and I can verify with people like Russell Moore or Ed Stetzer or Beth Moore or Max Licato or a lot of others who are speaking out right now that are trusted voices, including my own community of, when I say community, I mean the people around me. Mm -hmm. So my wife and you and uh, the guys in my group that I live life with, with my, you know, my pastor, like, okay. So if I can see what I believe to be plain and clear, like idolatry and man, that word's hard, but I'm saying someone elevating and worshiping 
something above Christ in a way that they may not realize they're doing, but here are the biblical evidences of it. You know, everywhere there is lying and, and cheating and violence and all these things, this, these are kingdom of darkness things, not kingdom of light things. Repeated lists in scripture are clear about this. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just like you said, this tone that is all adversarial, like there's no conversation that's not just beginning with my, my point is not to make a point. My point is to disprove yours yeah, to yeah. the, to the point that I start, I stop realizing what my point was. It's just to disprove yours, you know, and you can't have a conversation that doesn't, that the response doesn't begin with a, what about the yeah. liberals, you know, and you heard that sermon I preached the other day where I was like, guys, yeah. I'm just going to tell you straight how it is. What I'm about to read to you from scripture, I'm not talking about the liberals. Because it says, "Is the people who are having a form of godliness but deny the power." That's where that was the punch of that whole thing. Yeah, you get to the end of this huge list of being unloving, ungrateful, violent, unforgiving, disobedient—you know, uncaring, heartless, relentless—all these things. Scripture says, and then it says, "These people act like they're godly." Mm-hmm. So these are these are. This is not a. It's a list written to Christians. So, like, if I see that. And it's not directly related to faith. That's the question. If I see it, they're believing a lie. If everyone believed the sky was red around me, okay, and well, that that's weird, right? Well, there's no harm, though. Is there any harm? Is there anything in the Bible that says they can't believe the sky's red? Mm, that that this is where I am. So I think I've seen a lot of people that I think really believe the sky's red. In the last, and I, mean, I have people I'm in relationship with. I'm talking with them. I'm like, "Hey, you show me how this is red. Maybe I'm not seeing this correctly, but I'm really struggling here, here, and here yeah. know, with this." Like I said, I'm really struggling. You make fun of POWs, and you want to be the commander in chief. I don't know what to do about that, and I can't understand how the party of Reagan and Lincoln is not going. Whoa, you know? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what to do with that, and and uh, I don't, I can't understand when you. I mean, you brag about assaulting women sexually. Like, don't tell me Clinton did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want another what about. He's not in my, this is not, like I said, that's not my tribe. I don't, I want to know what you think about this thing right here. And that's where you said you get to the place of, well, you know, it could have been worse. And I'm going, I don't, I don't know. I just know that that's not what we believe or ascribe to. And so if, if someone says the sky is red, but it doesn't directly cross into faith. Do I have a faith responsibility still to help them when it's obviously blue? And I think I've reached the point where people who think the sky is red, and this sounds super offensive, by the way, super offensive. Like, cause I'm that, that's how strongly it feels to some of us. Yeah. Like you're not like, this is no longer scriptural and things. And like, you don't care. We're telling you it's not, you don't want to hear it. And the moment that stuff crossed into faith, I feel like it's time that we have to step up. So like you said, the moment people in my church that I do life with are – forget about just saying things that are weird like the sky is red. But they're attacking anybody who thinks the sky is blue. Now they're openly attacking online. Now they're openly taking down, canceling, openly saying things. And then it becomes more and more militant. The president of the United States begins making really weird statements in speeches to the Proud Boys. 
Like right. instead of just saying, so telling them to stand back and stand down. Sorry, stand by. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, stand down and stand by. Stand back and stand by because he asked him to tell him to stand down and he wouldn't do it. And so you go, I can't think of a point in history outside of the Civil War and Andrew Johnson directly afterwards where I, I don't know. I mean, that's like something Jefferson Davis would have said. Not like yeah. I don't, y'all know that historically, and I'm just going, the sky's blue everybody and when i see you attacking and not holding that accountable i'm going well even then when he said that when the looting starts the shooting starts during the black lives matter uh protests it was like that was code because wasn't that like made popular by some texas like governor that was in the clan or something like it was an old like white supremacist like dog whistle in other words when you say the looting, like that's an old thing. When the looting starts, starts the shooting starts. That wasn't the first time that was ever yeah. said. So there's all this weird stuff where you're like, I'm not saying the man's wearing a, a sheet. I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm just saying these are clear cut right and wrong things to say, and we're okay with it because we think that what was happening with BLM or something was also clear cut and not. It's like it's like hot dogs, Johnny. It's like it's okay to go steal them because someone else stole them from me, and suddenly now Ooh, what kind of a monster? Kind of, what kind of horrible? But you know that that it it I I think I'm to me and maybe I'm wrong. I'm asking you intentionally or deliberately or for real, not rhetorically. Like, don't you think that at some point I have a I can't speak for anyone else. I have responsibility regardless of the topic that if people seem to be in a mass state of deception. And the fruit of that is that in their faith lives, they are saying, thinking, doing things that are obviously not scriptural, that there is some, I guess, responsibility. You see a brother caught in an offense or a transgression. Caught here, that don't mean like turn the light on and caught you. I think it means more like a trap. Yeah. Like you're stuck in something. Is it not those of us who are spiritual, the Bible says, or to restore them in a spirit of gentleness, which is going to require you to acknowledge you're caught in something. Is that right or wrong? I don't know, Johnny. Maybe I'm way off here. <sighs> I don't know. Oh, Johnny. And he's like, I've, you've lost all moral high ground because of the hot dog thing. That's true. Even, How can I even speak to this? Your, relativ- your relativism now has... <laughs> I, mean, I don't think the sky's red. I think the hot dogs were red. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know. I think that's the reason we're saying it, though. The reason we're saying it is it's not just because, oh, we want to jump in this. We would love to not jump in yeah, this. I was, yeah, <laughs> it's way more comfortable to, uh, it happens on my timeline every day. I see past clients or that I've worked for their churches or I see friends and they're saying the most, the craziest things, uh, antagonistic things and adversarial things about, you're just like, this is what. This is what you think that your role is now? Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's depressing. It's not um, something I'm like, oh, good, something to fight about. Like, I'm just like, I would love to to not have these things rumbling around in my head for sure. So oh, it's sucking energy. Yeah. It really is. It's it's uh, Some people may feed off of that. I don't think you're – I just – No. It, it drains me. To me, the internet's always been for jokes. Yeah. Cat videos. Yeah, WebMD. Or maybe you go learn something. You know, no. watch your TED Talk. Yeah. 
or listen to a but, podcast. But then, but then their TED talks about QAnon, and suddenly, <laughs> Q talks they call them. Q, th- <laughs> yeah. Q tips. Wait, that's Wait. when you get your. It's a series of videos I'm working on. Q tips. Q tips. <laughs> it's for instructional videos oh. for people who want to escape QAnon. Yeah. So you said there's a thing going. I've not. I I have been off of social media quite oh, a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm that's, what, that's what I sound like you're the first. I don't even watch TV. You know what's no, going on? No, no, <laughs> no. It's not that I've been. That a de- so I'm, I'm under a deadline, so that's that's the thing. I don't. It's again condescension. I've been working so hard. I have a job. I've been uh, working so hard. Can you tell me who got voted off the island, <laughs> Johnny? You watch that crap. It's not meant to be that. There is a limitation. Oh boy. For my own health. Yeah. And then there's just time. Here's the thing. I'm not going to feel bad. Yeah. About not. <laughs> being on it that's that's where this all got me i'm not gonna feel bad i'm not trying to make you feel bad that someone's like oh, what oh, i guess you think you don't need to be if in you're this not big out, chest pool with the rest of us if you're not outraged you're not paying attention <laughs> i am outraged yeah and i'm not paying attention <laughs> that's a- <laughs> your wife is outraged that you're not paying attention oh, to her goodness, that's, yeah that's a- you know i do listen to this may be something for our listeners uh i listen to a 10 minute news podcast every day. You're talking about this. It's called just the, gives you the news stories of the day. Yeah, it's called no the, left, no right. No left, no right. It's called the newsworthy. And she comes on and she's light and and you know got a, it's just it's just very much like hey here's your news and I put it on one and a half I can listen faster. And it's uh it's like hey here are the top you know today this today was uh the United States and Russia signed yeah. uh, this nuclear arms treaty where they get to uh basically reduce their number of arms and also they can inspect one another's arms um, programs 18 times a year. They can go oh. in and check the other one and it's like this reduction, you know, kind of thing and it talks about, you know, so... I need to look, I need to look into that. I know that. that I need, you know it. You know what happened and you didn't get editorializing about it. Yeah. Here's the thing though. And you know this is true. We've got to the point now where people don't just watch the news for the news though. They watch it for the, for the editorializing, yeah. because it it feels good to have your biases uh, endorsed. Yeah, it's like a endorphins are released. You know, endorsements and an endorsement of your endorphins are released. <laughs> Dolphins are released, <laughs> and then caught in tuna nets. Oh, Sad, dear. it's the saddest S- thing. So tales all the time. You know what I mean? Though it's like. Um, even in churches, we do it denominationally. I'm all tongue-tied. If my agent would here go, at least he's not a public speaker. That's true. <laughs> Colloquialisms. <laughs> you know, because you, know, you build up these, you have some weird thing that you, it's a hair splitting of uh, a dogmatic doctrinal point that your church believes that they don't. Yeah. And then you, but you're constantly backed up by having people in your tribe that say, well, they're the kooks though. Right. Because they don't even cut their hair. Right. We're not as crazy as them because we at least let women wear makeup or whatever thing right. that you've decided you're better. So that we just have a, a larger – we have uh, denominations. Yeah. You know, we got left and right. And then if you want to be in the middle, if you want to be like – I don't know what you'd call the middle, like a Unitarian. <laughs> I don't think so. They have no right angles. Remember that? Oh, it's true. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like – I'm going to stay on MSNBC 
if I'm on the far left because I'm like, they're not going to challenge. They're going to constantly. Right. And if I don't, if I want Fox News, if I want OAN or whatever, the Newsmax. Newsmax made me laugh the other day because they had the pillow guy on to talk about cancel culture because he he can't get appearances anywhere because he's that big of a kook, evidently. But he had, uh, he had they had him on because his Twitter account got uh, suspended indefinitely because he was posting falsehoods about election uh, fraud and uh, verifiable fra- falsehoods. And so they were like, finally, like, all right, you're done. Because they felt like this helped the capital insurrection. We're yeah. just not going to be a part of this anymore. So Twitter, as a as a medium, has decided to just take you off there, especially if you have a verified account like his that has a lot of followers. So then he went on the MyPillow account, which he's an admin for, and started putting political stuff on the MyPillow account. They had to shut it down. So then Newsmax, who's the – I mean, they're so far right, but they're like – they have him on. If you, I don't know if you've seen the clip. It's like no. a minute and a half long. So they have him on to start talking about cancel culture and the dangers of cancel culture and the First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. Their perceived First Amendment uh, loss of uh, rights. And he immediately starts launching. Well, Dominion machines, we know that they, yeah, yeah. And they start talking over him. And they're like, actually, uh, Mike, we, we're not contesting the election anymore. We've looked into these, these counts of fraud. And we, can't, we can find like very, very disparate accounts that don't add up to anything that would have swayed the election. So we accept the results of the election. And so we're not going to let you be on here talking like that. We were here. We had you on here to talk about this. He keeps talking over them. So that basically they start like slowly lowering the volume of his mic or talking over him enough to where it like, it just ended very awkwardly. Wow. They had to just let him go, I think. And I thought it was so fast. And now he'll probably walk away from that interchange saying, See? now they're, they got to Newsmax. Right. Now I've been canceled by them. This is cancel culture. It's like, it's, it never is about you. It never makes you look in the in the mirror at yourself. It's just like you can go in the persecution mentality can continue, to, you know, all the way to the top. There's that joke that came out. I mean, somebody started telling this joke ten days after the election about two guys that die and go to heaven, and God says, you know, welcome to paradise. You can ask me anything, and they said we can ask you anything. They said, yeah. They said, how did the Democrats steal the 2020 election? And he goes. Uh, actually, there was no fraud. And then they look at each other and go, God, this conspiracy goes all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> like they still yep. won't believe it, even if God tells them. So anyway, it was just interesting to see like people's biases, even on the farthest right that I can think of. Like I would never even sit down and watch Newsmax because I just know it's just tabloid television. To me, that's how I feel about it. But even they have had to dis- concede that the election was legitimate. And they're having to shut down people who are further right of them yeah. and way out there to maintain any sense of legitimacy in, as a journalist. You're going to have to admit, like, all right, we can't concede this anymore. We can still say, like, Biden is the wrong guy to be in charge, but we can't say that he stole it anymore. And if you're going to be on our show saying that, we're going to get sued by – because if you're going to say Dominion, that's slander now. Oh, yeah. So Dominion's like got billion dollar lawsuits out against Rudy Giuliani and this guy from My Pillow, which is so funny the idea that a guy from My Pillow, a pillow salesman, is being sued by a company that makes voting machines. You could not have written that. Well, and again, let's go back. And And when this does go to court, I hope they call it the pillow case because (laughs) if not, we're really missing an opportunity. And let's not miss the idea, too, that. The pillow salesman had that big of a voice that he needed to be, or that Twitter felt he needed yeah. to be silenced. 
because in this day and age, you can be famous for just being famous. Yeah. You know, now he has a great product, Johnny, and, and this is I got to make a confession. Yeah, you, I see the text that can you believe this is my pillow thing, and you're like, dude, I, I just bought it my pillow. It's the only it's the only way I can sleep. Like I can't. I will get. I will cough. <laughs> but did you have to wander into an alley and there's a guy with like a, a trench coat and he opens it up and there's like pillows on the listen each side. I don't know the numbers. I would guarantee you my pillow sales have skyrocketed because of this because it's like a oh, yeah. stick it to the man. Now kind he's of thing. a yeah. Right. He's, he's a, a martyr. Yeah. He's he's First now like a populist martyr. hero. So. But no, I, I did, Johnny. I can't help it. But did you? Do you not use all the products of things you don't agree with them politically on? All the time. Yeah. Well, you don't drink coffee. So. I can separate the art from the artist. So yeah. If he's okay. a if it's a fabulous pillow, I would probably at some point though. It's like uh, I know Publix is going through a boycott right now because evidently the heiress to the Publix fortune, which I don't know what that even is, but evidently there's a heiress, and I don't know how much control, but she was like. She was responsible for a ton of the rally at the Capitol as far as like funding a ton of what happened there, which makes sense. I mean, some of that took money from donors to, you know, you can't just go like put up a bunch of screens and stuff and, and, you know, hire a DJ and, you know, put out folding chairs. Like somebody did all that. So when you start the American people, when they find out, oh, you were involved in this, we don't like this look. And they decided, but I don't know if she is directly tied to Publix or if she's just like the Paris Hilton, like laying in wait for the Ford family fortune and it's still the parents running the, so I don't know, but I know that there is a backlash against Publix right now. Wow. So do with that what you will, but we like Publix. Hot dogs. No. Johnny's was going to go pay them back right was, now. No, that was Kroger. I know, but what now Publix is within your crosshairs. That's true. You know what I'm saying? This is Johnny, the, the hot dog vandal strikes again. <sighs> Who keeps stealing all the hot dogs? <laughs> this is how Johnny begins his life of crime. But that, <laughs> it's a weird villain story, backstory. It is, and and not unlike <laughs> the, the dumb capital insurgents, I'm going to make a podcast about it and talk all about what I'm about to do. <laughs> so that I can, it can be easily traced to me. Lord have mercy. Not even wear a mask. Listen, that's where I struggle is people who still want to act like that, it, that this was all um, – uh, sorry, I've lost my – I've lost my thought here. Oh, my gosh. Brain fog. I'll have to edit this. Crap, the leftists. Everybody gets, they blame them for everything. I, I talk about them all day, every day. What? The BLM leftists, the worst of the worst left that destroy that all the real damage. Um, Antifa. Thank you. The people who still believe like Antifa did this when like, yeah, everybody tweeted. Put we their already faces know. Online. Yeah. They, they're already in jail. It's Janet, the realtor who filmed the video or whatever, heard the realtor yeah. is like, I got on a jet and I came right down here. I love you, President Trump. Yeah, she seemed like a real Antifa operative. Or the girl from Knoxville who's like, it's a revolution. You know? Yeah, but yeah. My name's Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville. It's like, oh, oh man, man. And she said Knoxville right too. She, she nailed did. it. You she got she the full. Knoxville. That was not an. She was not trained. Yeah. In anything, including insurrection. <laughs> oh my goodness but no i just i listen man i think this this is what it is in life that we're going to continue to have some tension and i just i just think i'm getting more comfortable with the tension it takes a little bit of courage to live in tension you know uh but we do got to call things my i had a quote i wanted to read and I, i can't find it i'll have to find it for next week but like this idea that we have to equally um make sure that we're equally 
holding both sides accountable, the both sides argument, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, you guys aren't criticizing You have all equal these time guys. of criticism right. to both and, sides. And again, I just once again want to say, like, the reason we give more time to this side is this is the side that we have lived in. Mm-hmm. So to us, the biblical stance, Yeah, we look around and don't recognize it anymore. Right. The biblical stance is to hold your own position. Again, what does the Bible say? Judgment begins at the house of God. And that ju- that's not some, like, judgment within the house of God is merciful. It's a, it's a good thing where we talk honestly because there is no wrath of God upon the people of God. That wrath's already been poured out on Christ. So we have that whole, like, the judgment in the house of God. It's a beautiful thing, everybody. It's community. <laughs> it's where we admonish one another and counsel one another biblically. And we have conversations that are hard because this is the place, if, you, if your friends love you, they should want a better life for you. If, they, if you see something that's harming them, if you love your friends, you'll talk to them about it. It's not loving to not help people who are in a place where they shouldn't be. That's why it says, any of you caught in a transgression. If, you're, if you think of yourself as spiritual, right. gently help that person. Right. To not be trapped in that anymore. And then right. beware lest you yourself get trapped too is what the next verse says. Yeah, it's like if you ever go into – if you've been out with your friends and then maybe you have a date after. And then you get in the car. You're leaving your friends. You're headed to the date. You look in the rearview mirror to fix your hair and you realize you've got a booger. Mm. And you think to yourself, oh, no, I've got a booger. Let me take care of this. But you also think, why did my friend. friends yeah. not say anything? Nothing. I hung out with them all day. They just let this bat be in the cave. Mm. Mm. And isn't that just like our lives? Isn't it, though? Sometimes we need some friends who'd be like, hey, pal. Hey. You need to take care of this. Yeah, or your zipper's down. Yeah. Don't let me walk out the door like that. Yeah, if you if you do, yeah, you're. that's on you, man. That's not a real friend. No. Hey, listen, that's where marriage really got real was I'm going, hey, before I go to this meeting, do I look like an idiot in these clothes? And she's like, Yeah. Man. And that's a good day, Johnny, because then she helped me find better clothes. Yeah. And I landed the deal. <laughs> <laughs> One million dollars. Yeah. Um, I'm sure your outfits have gotten you many riding deals. Oh, my goodness. So that's what they Make care Make a great impression. Man, I hated this guy's sample chapters, but look at that Argyle vest. <laughs> he knows how to rock some... Sebagos. I used to worry about the car I pulled up in, but you know, I was like, well, what's the big deal? Because I drove that old 2000 Acura, you know, yeah. until one day I was downtown meeting with a guy that I write some articles for. And he's kind of a big deal in Christian mm-hmm. circles. And he was like, hey, my house is just like five blocks over. You can just give me a ride. I was like, oh, no. Oh, he had to get in. The- he had to get in and yeah. ride around. And mm-hmm. I didn't know it was coming. So, you know, so that was when I began <laughs> thinking this is maybe not the best plan. But or maybe he wanted to pay me more. I doubt it, though. No one ever looks at that and goes, you know, that's the old thing. Like, if you're going to borrow money, I always heard this. If you're going to borrow money, you dress down. Yeah. No, you're dress up to go borrow money. You dress down if you're going to the IRS. Right. You know, if you're going to meet with the IRS, you don't want to be wearing like a suit. Right. You know, but if you're going to the bank and you're wearing like t shirt and jeans, you're like, I promise you, I'm not a risk to your financial (laughs) institution. (laughs) Clearly. You know what else is not a risk, Johnny? Uh Being one of our patrons on Patreon. Sure. I mean, there's no risk involved at all. Isn't risk it, of a terrible segue. Is it an investment? Sure. <laughs> is the payback going to always be worth it? Maybe. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Only you can decide, listener. We need to put a section in there, like, you know, we have the incremental, like $1, $2, $3 a month, whatever it is. We need one that's just 3 John, have you ever been to our Patreon? We do not have those increments. Okay. We need to have an increment that's just like 350 We could call those 
the hot dog gang. <laughs> because like they're ceremonially they're ceremonially giving me a pack of hot dogs every month. Yeah. As a patron. Ceremonially. Ceremony. That's <laughs> I've had a few today. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you said it right. Ceremonially. I was ceremonially. Like, it's a ceremonially. Wow, yeah. It's tough. It is tough. Yeah. I've had a few tongue twisters. I said I've had a few today, but that makes it like I've had a few <laughs> drinks. Today. Sorry, guys. I've had a few today. <laughs> Johnny's had a few. I have not. That's why we. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't uh, imbibe. Oh my goodness. But hey, uh, listen. We're glad that you have spent some time imbibing on the content. <laughs> I said imbibe the other day. A friend was like, what? I was like, imbibe. Like, yeah. They didn't. Anyway. So we, anyway. I, I, listen, I don't have as good, I don't have as well as a vocabulary as, as you do. I'm just as, kidding. As well? <laughs> I, love, I love correcting something to the negative thing, you know? <laughs> don't you mean? <laughs> anyway. Hey, thank you guys for listening, though. And continue to send us questions and comments and ideas and things you want us to talk about. And uh, we, we take those into account. And if we think it's something we can add value to, then sometimes we... Jump on and do that. Uh, Sometimes we can add value and we do it anyway. Right. <laughs> but uh, make sure you do check out our, our website at talkaboutthatpodcast.com. There you go. And uh, you can find all the information there. You, know, you can find our socials. You can learn more about us and uh, share us with a friend. Our socials? Oh, you mean like social network. Yeah. Right. Like our social security numbers are just out there. You can find our socials on there, steal our identity, have some fun. <laughs> Good luck with that. Pay off the debt. That's uh, true. That somebody, yeah. be great. I always say somebody steals my wallet. I was like, look, you're responsible it's for on the payments you. on those cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, hey, thank you guys for being a part of what we do here. And then uh, we'll see you next week on Talk About That. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.